been an awakening. Have you felt it? Light it up. Welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, your source for a high-quality, informative, and entertaining look into the Star Wars galaxy. So strap yourself in, because here's where the fun begins. Oh, man, Jeremy, um, I don't know about you. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to not actually release this episode because... You and I are breaking California state law right now, being in the same room um, without personal protective gear on. You know, just by you saying that, I I think you've offended some people. Yeah, I probably have. Um, And just so you know, um, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I have yeah. a I have a mask nearby. You do have a mask just nearby. Just if we get nervous. Yeah, um, <laughs> we get nervous. <laughs> they'll they'll should be no sneezing on each other during this episode of Unmistakably Star Wars. Oh my goodness! Uh, it's good to have you back in the studio, friend. I know, I know, and we need to preface this a little bit. This yeah. will be yeah the last time I'm in studio for a while. I yeah. moved to the state of Alabama in, yes. in a few days, so we figured. Let's live life on the edge, record in the same place. Yeah, and, we're, 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 we're taking this thing called life, which we'll use because we're going to paint an illustration here, Yoko Ono, and, <laughs> and we're, we're getting the band back together one yes. last time. Yes. Uh, it's good, but it, it's great in the sense that you're going to be very close to uh, our own Carl Hassler. Yeah, so Carl and I will be, we have some things we're chatting about, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be fun to see him in person and maybe record some, some good force discourse episodes. Yeah. Now, so. do you think that you, you've been out here on the left coast for about six years or yeah. so? Do you think that you will, you will get an accent once you move back to <laughs> Alabama? I don't, I don't know about the listeners and are you or like, I often will tweak it a little bit depending yeah. on where I'm at. So yeah. it depends on who I'm talking to. Yeah. So that code switch. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. Code switch. <laughs> Um, but I do, I, I change a little bit. I am really concerned, not a concern. I'm curious about my youngest Mm. who is a second grader. I wonder if he'll pick up an accent. Probably so. I bet he will. So I think my girls who are are a little bit older, you know, junior high age. Yeah. uh, I think they'll, they'll have whatever it is they have now, but, um, my, my bed is my, uh, my boy's going to get a little twang going on. Good times. Good times. (laughs) Oh man! Well, joining us from a, a a shelter in place, living by California law via Bluetooth, the one and only <laughs> Fun Auntie Bex. Hey Bex. Hey guys. Oh, I my. have to say I'm a little jealous. I'm not in the studio. I know. Yeah, but I you know. are the smart one. Yeah. So. <laughs> Especially with this three. I'm the yeah. one. I, I say I'm the one with the uh, immune suppressed husband. Yes. So. I got to be extra yeah, careful. Yeah, and good yeah. for you on doing that. You know, we've seen Smart. so many reports lately of people just losing their minds and going to these large social <laughs> gatherings. Um, it's going to be interesting in a couple of weeks to see what happens with that. Yes. But nonetheless, let's talk Star Wars. Here we are. Yeah. It's it's 2020. Um, and even though the last three months have felt like about 40 years, um, we're, we're here. <laughs> we're celebrating the, the, how is it? Empire is 40 years <sighs> old. I know. So weird. That's, that, that's completely crazy. So Empire Strikes Back, 40 years old mm-hmm. this month. Um, of course, there's been a lot of nostalgia pieces written over the past couple of years, but I, I thought 
or past couple weeks rather. I thought this was kind of interesting though. I, I picked up an article and it talked about how the original script differed of course, from what we saw in the theaters in that, of course, we know the the voice of Darth Vader is voiced over by James Earl Jones. Yeah. But David Prowse, the actor inside the suit, actually said a very different line in the movie as yeah. to prevent spoilers. Yeah, yeah. So let's go to um, Cloud City mm-hmm. in The Empire Strikes Back. Let, let's imagine that scene with uh, Luke out on the ledge and, and Vader kind of leaning over with his uh, extended left arm palms up ready to uh, accept Luke back to safety. And this is in, in the original script. And I'm sure many of you know this, but yeah. here's the line that um, the Darth Vader actor, James David Prowse. <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it out. So let's go to cl- <laughs> Thanks, Max. Thanks. <laughs> Three, two. <laughs> And so let's go to Bespin, Cloud City, and in the scene, right, where we've got Vader confronting Luke, Luke confronting Vader, and they're out on the ledge, and uh, Luke has just been dismembered, and uh, he, he's crawling out there um, on, on this little, little device, and Vader stretches his arm out to him, and the actor, David Prowse, says this line, which is in the script, Obi-Wan killed your father, Yeah, boom. right? And so that's to prevent the spoilers and everything else. And of course we have Luke's reaction and it's interesting because that line works so well. It's, it's almost like this, um, Haley Joe Osment six synth kind of, because the rest of the dialogue works even with that line. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then James Earl Jones comes back in, in the, the voice studio and says, I am your father. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so very fascinating that that was in there, but even more fascinating. Um, and I wish I could actually claim that this was on my brilliant organizational skills, but we're talking about atonement with the father today as we explore the works of Joseph Campbell. So my goodness, perfect, perfectly lined up, perfectly lined up. It's all planned. It is. It's totally all planned. So with that, I tell you what, let's, uh, let's get in. If you've got your copy of Joseph Campbell, the hero with a thousand faces, grab that, grab your favorite highlighter and let's jump into our closer look. This is Bonnie Peace. This is Jeffrey Brown. Hi, this is Eric Walker. This is Jason Fry. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson. And you are listening to Unmistakably. 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 Unmistakably Star Wars, the podcast. This bickering is pointless. Why are you asking this of me? I am here because you are here. We will use all our resources to unravel this mystery. What did you say? Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. I grew tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. Simple you make it. Light and dark as if there is one without the other. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. All right, well, here we are. We're jumping back into Joseph Campbell, the hero with a thousand faces. And I think we're like on part six or something right now. We're in the midst of chapter two. We started chapter two last week. Now we're kind of into the the latter stages of, of chapter two. And part of that is what Campbell refers to as atonement with the father. In in his journey, he, he's labeling it as stage nine. So um, listen, we easily, easily go to when we hear Atoma with the Father, we easily go to Luke and Vader aboard uh, Death Star number two, the unfinished Death Star, however you want to label it. 
and and this walking away, tossing the lightsaber yeah, hilt, yeah. and and saying, "Oh, atonement has happened." Yeah. But before we get there, because there's more to the story, I think, than just that. But let's kind of unpack what this means: a, a, atonement with the Father. So, Jeremy, when you hear kind of this phrase, what are some non-Star Warsy things that come to mind when you hear how Campbell kind of unpacks and defines this? Yeah, I, I think just pulling back and just saying, okay, I'm not thinking about Star Wars for a minute. Yeah. Like atonement with the father. Um, some people like, I think you hear the word abyss, mm. you know, the kind of the dark, deep bottom, right. the, like the lowest you can go or the most desperate you can get. Right. Uh, and there's a confrontation, like mm. whoever the protagonist is, there needs to be this, um, confrontation and the confrontation is over something that is like keeping them back or holding them down or, right some some sort of barrier or something from them to achieve who they're supposed to be. So I know that we when we think about Star Wars, we think obviously Empire, um, we think also Return of the Jedi. Right. Um mm-hmm. I think those are kind of those are really fun to explore. And you know, I even think there's a you know, New Hope has one. And what's mm. what I love about just like the original trilogy and thinking about it. Yeah is you can pull back, look at all three, four, five, and six, and you can see kind of a clear, like, oh, I see the pattern here. Right, right. Uh, but then within each film, you have the whole structure in each film almost. Right. You I, know, and that's really fun. Yeah. Right. And what I love is with the new trilogy, trying to figure it out. Like, you know, with the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. like, okay, where is this at? Yeah. Who, you know, because it's there. Right. It's just trying to, it's new stuff. It's new material. Where is where is this stuff come out? Right. So. I think that that's one of the things that we've talked about on previous episodes within the series is yeah. one, the hero's journey is not always this linear path. Yeah. yeah. And two, we don't, whether right. it's through cinema or animation or even reading it through a book, we don't always see yeah. every single step you don't, yeah. that, that Campbell defines. Uh-huh. Bex, one of the things that is brought up in some of the commentary that we've read about Campbell's work you know, he talks about that <laughs> in regards to Atonement the Father, one of the things that comes up is yeah, this, this echoes, and I'm reading from one of our sources now, this, this echoes the psychological rivalry and subconscious hatred that Freudian psychoanalysts <laughs> believe so many children, particularly young men, feel toward their fathers. Now, I will say this, as a father um, of a former teenager, and having been a former uh-huh. teenager myself, um. I can identify with that. I'm not saying that I'm throwing all my chips onto the table for saying that I am a Freudian uh, subconscious uh, psychoanalyst here. But but obviously, I, I think that there, there's truism with that, right? There's this internal right. struggle to develop one's own story, own path, things like that. Bex, when you see this, though, and we're talking about atonement with the father, just the very mm-hmm. word atonement, what, what are some things that come to mind when you just hear the word itself, atonement? Oh, gosh. Well, atonement, the first thing I think of is it's a righting of a wrong. Mm. I mean, in in religious texts, atonement is like in Christianity, Christ atoned for our sins. He made it right mm. for us. Mm. So it's that idea of there was something broken and it was fixed. Mm-hmm. So if we apply that to Joseph Campbell, Atonement with the father would mean there's something broken in the relationship. Mm. Um, and it, it's that reconciliation. It's that fixing of the broken relationship. Mm. Um, I think it was interesting. You talking about, you know, the Freudian culture and everything. And as a girl, <laughs> and 
my relationship with my father. Mm. And it says that, you know, women look to their fathers as who they're going, uh, who they should marry. And I, I can say, I, I kind of agree with that. Cause mm. I look at my husband and the qualities in him that first initially attracted me are the qualities that now as an adult, I can see in my dad and the mm. relationship he has with my mom. And I'm like, Oh, that is what I witnessed. That is what I saw from the male figure in my life. Mm. And that's what I gleaned and took to create my own relationship. So it is very interesting. Um, you know, the atonement journey is different for women than it is for men, I think, mm. but there's still that fixing of the relationship. There's still that. I mean, I battled it out with my dad in my teenage years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so there's still, sorry, Jeremy, you got a lot coming to you. <laughs> you too, Devin. You yeah. got a little more time. Yeah. Well, but, but there, I mean, I definitely like battled it out with my dad over mm. things. And then as an adult now, I'm like, oh yeah, that was really kind of silly in some aspects. In some aspects, I was right. Yeah. Um, but there, there is that fixing and atonement of our relationship. Totally. And I, I think, you know, how Campbell kind of unpacks it too, is it, it's not just, not just what you described, right? It, it's, it's either this, mm -hmm. that the hero, at least according to Campbell has got to either overcome or reconcile with. And I, and I think that that's, you know, one of the things that typically draws so many fans to star Wars, right? Is this, what what has popularly become the redemption arc, right? Which I think yeah. plays right. hand in hand with this atonement thing on so many levels. Although there are some subtle nuances between the two, Jeremy, when it when it comes to that piece of things, and I, I do want to walk through the the three sets of films that we have in regards to the the Skywalker saga, but but when we see this, you know, an interesting thing that comes up with atonement, reconciliation, and things like that is. I'm always curious about whose job is it to actually give that and say that your, your actions have been atoned for. I think so often we can go like, Oh, it's, I, I'm going to redeem myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. I don't know if that's, well, actually I do know that's not proper when it comes to what Campbell's talking about here in Bex, you brought up like sacred texts from various world religions and faiths. And certainly if we're looking through the the lens of the Christian faith, it's obviously not up to the person to sure, redeem oneself. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, right. so, so how, Jeremy, how do we look at that and actually, before we go too far down the path, yeah, actually come to an understanding of what atonement is and isn't? Well, I think that's a hard one because I think for many people in the Western world, they'll have that, that idea. Like it has to come from beyond you. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, in that it has to be this other, um, God force. I, I don't know, you know, yeah. but it, it's not you, it, you're not doing it for yourself. Right. Star Wars is interesting because there seems to be this, um, I don't know if duality is the right word, but this idea of like, um, you know, take Luke, for example, Luke, in a, in a sense, his love saves his dad, but his dad saves his son. Right. So there's like this. And then mm -hmm. if you go to the rise of Skywalker, you know, Ray saves Ben, Ben saves Ray. Right. There's this kind of like atonement going on for, for them both in right. some ways. Right. 
Uh, I find that part of Star Wars fascinating when mm. it comes to everybody saving each other, right? Um, which is <laughs> a sign, a sign of love, right? Absolutely. And, and there's love, I think, kind of mixed up in this idea of of atonement. Yeah, uh, that there there has to be some sort of foundational aspect of the atonement structure that has love within it, um, and I think that has to be present there. Yeah. What's an interesting wild card for me as I look at Star Wars and think about atonement is like, what do you do with the prequels? Because it's there. <laughs> yeah. But, right. But you have to, you have to kind of dig around. <laughs> right. And uh, it's not as clear. And I, I think that's what, I think for all the people that love the prequels, yeah, you should. It's it's much more complex than I think people yeah. over the years have given credit to. Right. It's, it's um wonderfully interesting to kind of delve into and look around in. And I, and I think recently, you know, we saw Dave Filoni go on his little run on, on the, you know, Disney plus series is right. kind of, you know, um, looking at the Mandalorian and he had his little, you know, stretch. I think it's like a six minute monologue where he just talks about the prequels. And, right. it, and I think a lot of people are like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's pretty good stuff. You yeah. know, people are kind of coming to that, yeah. that realization that I think uh, the fans of the prequels have always known. So yeah, and I think that one of the things that th- there's an underlying theme here within atonement yeah. is that it's righting a wrong. So it already yeah. assumes that mm-hmm. whether it's the hero or someone uh, uh, with the hero's yeah. journey yeah. has done something that has negatively impacted others that are part of the story. Yeah, and I think Bex is right. Just She used the word reconciliation. Yeah. There's some sort of reconciliation that needs to be a part of this right. structure. Right. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Let, let's kind of start what we're probably all most familiar with, which is the original trilogy. And then we'll certainly get into prequel and, and sequel trilogy. But, Bex, when when we look at atonement within the context mm-hmm. of how Campbell is defining it, what are some key areas for you that actually have these almost indelible marks on your heart where it's like, oh, that means so much to me when I see this go down because dot, 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 when it comes to atonement. Oh, let's see. Probably one of my favorites is when Luke is actually talking with Leia and telling her about the fact that he is Vader's son and she is also Mm. Vader's daughter. Mm. And she is telling him, run away, run away from here. Mm. You don't have to fight him. And she's giving him the out. And instead he says, no, there's good in him. I can feel it. Mm. That to me is one of the most powerful scenes because it is, I think, Luke's acceptance mm. of who his father is and his rejection of Vader, mm. where it's this, Vader is this mask my father wears, but that's not him. Mm. Anakin is in there, and Anakin is who I'm going after. Yeah, wow. Um, And so I think that is the atonement that he starts that journey of this is who I'm going for. I'm no longer battling Vader. Mm. I'm now going to find Anakin inside and pull him out. Wow. Really, really well put, Bex. I I love that, and I think that that situation, although spot on, would probably be overlooked in a, a typical conversation about atonement and redemption and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, and I want to throw it in, of course, I want to bring you into this also, Jeremy, but I, I think that while certainly we see this highlighted and, and magnified within Luke's journey, I, I think that, you know, some of the things 
that I see with other characters within the original trilogy certainly play into this as well. And and I think, you know, Jeremy, you and I in particular have talked a lot about this over the years, both on and off air. But that is, you know, we've got Han Solo who comes back at the end mm-hmm. of yeah. A New Hope. Sorry, yeah. spoiler. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and and I think that that is, that is, especially if you understand Han's background, that is definitely an atonement, right? Yeah. For probably having bailed a good number of times in the past. So Jeremy, let me, let me toss the question your way though. When it comes to moments of atonement, which ones speak the loudest to you when it comes to the original trilogy? Oof. I mean, it, it is, it is what Bex was talking about. Just return of the Jedi. And, yeah. and, and I think, I think it's a combination of things. I think one, it's this kind of culmination of that trilogy, mm-hmm. that story, um, Luke going with Vader to the emperor. Uh, I think that, that idea of atonement, um, that dark place, the bottom, Luke gives into anger, you know, mm-hmm. tastes the dark side and right. then steps away from it. Right. Um, I think those elements in Campbell are really present there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I do, I do find Empire though to be very compelling, mm. but you don't have reconciliation right. uh, going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a realization. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Luke, Luke comes to some realizations. Yeah. Right about the, this world that he's in. Um, but I think that's, what's so beautiful about this monomyth that Campbell is, 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 you know, unpacking for everyone Mm -hmm. is that it's, there's a complexity to it and there's elements that you can sprinkle throughout your stories that will, will resonate. Um, and that will, will strike you. So I think, I think of return of the Jedi and empire. I think we think of those, those two confrontations with Luke Vader yeah. and the Empire and of course Luke Vader and the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. I, I don't I, I'm I'm curious what you all think about what is it in A New Hope? Is mm. it the trench run? Is that the atonement moment? Is that is it more in the Death Star where you go into the belly of the of the of the space station? Um, I would love what our hear what our listeners think. Yeah. It, New Hope has all the structure there, but I, I I've always been curious of what people would think that is for mm. New Hope. Yeah, that, I mean, I know before we started recording, we were talking yeah. even about like the trash compactor. That yeah. that is literally yeah. as as okay. Campbell will call it, belly of the beast. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's that literal aspect. Yeah, right? yeah, they're at the bottom. I, I think <laughs> that that's that's super interesting to try to unpack that and look at that because I think that there are moments of reconciliation and, and atonement. And, and I even wonder, and this might be yeah. going too far down the road. And so um, talk me back from the ledge. Yeah. But, but do we have at least <laughs> shades of that? And, and Bex, let me toss this your way. Do, do you think we at least have shades of atonement when Obi-Wan willingly gives his life to Darth Vader? Mm. Mm. I think so. Especially, uh, in light of, you know, having the prequels now and seeing in episode three, how Anakin becomes Vader and the breaking of their relationship Mm. between him and Obi-Wan. And then I think in a new hope when Obi-Wan stands there and allows himself to be killed, I think that's his atonement to his son figure. Mm. Um, Because I think while, you know, they called themselves brothers, I think there was definitely a father son dynamic between the two of them. Right. And, you know, there was that breaking of their relationship, a very real physical breaking. And, um, 
also that emotional spiritual bond was broken between them. And I think when Obi-Wan faced him again and allowed him to strike him down, I think that was his way of saying, I, you won. I'm, I'm not fight. Literally, I am not fighting you anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's be at peace. And just was done. Well, and I think that plays exactly what Campbell's talking about, right? That the, the hero, although listen again, we, we understand it's Luke's story at, at this point, right? Sure, but at the sure. same time, these mm-hmm. characters and these themes are going to come in and out. And we look at what Campbell says about it, right? That either must overcome or reconcile with. And, and I, and I definitely think that, you know, Obi-Wan literally tells us I'm going to become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. So I think that there is a recognition on right. this part that, Oh, I'm going to overcome you Vader. It's just not going to be me mm-hmm. here now and in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Jeremy, mm-hmm. from your perspective, go, you can go back to the belly of the beast within that trash compactor. Sure, sure. What are some other things that kind of stem out of that? that really play on this imagery for you. I, I think, and this is why Star Wars, I think, is so effective and kind of like it really taps into something deep in us because yeah. the imagery can be so powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think of a new hope and the imagery within a new hope, I mean, you have obviously the trash compactor. You have, you know, that moment with Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, but I also mm-hmm. think that the, there's a lot going on with that trench run mm. going in, yeah. everything looking the bleakest. Yeah. Um, I think there is a redemption that's about to happen for Han Solo mm-hmm. his return. There is mm-hmm. for Luke as he makes the shot. It's yeah. sort of this culminating moment. Um, I, I think, you know, with Empire, it's, it's, it's obvious as well. The imagery of being in the belly of cloud city in a sense, sure. Or in the center of it yeah. where, where, and then Luke falls. Right. Uh, and he comes to these realizations and falls. And then obviously we have, you know, the return of the Jedi moment. I think those are, those are really big. I, I, I find, you know, the prequels, if we, we kind of glance over there, cause you know, as you talk about the original trilogy, I think most people have talked the most about the the original when it comes to Campbell. Right. right. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I always like look to my, I feel like I'm looking to my left and right at the sequel and the prequel trilogy. And, yeah. and I find, you know, you know, considering the fact that I saw Phantom Menace 11 times <laughs> in the theater. Yes. Um, yes. Good. Um, had to make a red 11 re- reference. Um, I, you know, it's interesting when you think about, well, what is the atonement in like the Phantom Menace? Yeah. Like I always just like, I find, mm. and, and I think this is really affirming to a lot of the, the prequel people out there, mm-hmm. you know, that feel like no one gives us respect, you right, know, because right. when you look at it, you're like, wow, there's some really interesting things. Is it the kind of simultaneous, you know, battle on Naboo on the, you know, on the countryside outside mm. of, you know, feed. Right. Um, is it the battle? And then of course, Obi-Wan and Maul and Qui-Gon right. fighting. And then the space mm. battle, those three. Right. Things. Well, and then you could add Padme running through the, you know, the palace doing her thing. So there's like kind of four things going on. Yeah. Let me give you a fifth. It, Jar Jar Binks. Yes. Like, listen. <laughs> on his journey. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I know I yeah. know a lot of people have just driven off the road or maybe tripped on the treadmill <laughs> as they heard me say that. But uh, like quite literally within yeah. the Phantom Menace, we, we have Jar Jar yeah. atones for his wrongdoings. Well, and you have that kind of, you, you reach that dark moment when the atonement is about to happen and you have brilliantly, you have Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon's dead, Obi-Wan's yeah. hanging on the ledge. Yeah. Jar Jar is yeah. like, you know, Anakin's power goes out on his 
you know, on his on his Naboo starfighter, right? You know, and he's trying to regain the power. Yeah. Uh, and then you have like you know Jar Jar being surrounded, you know, and was it Captain Tarples or whatever? Like yeah. they're being surrounded, and mm-hmm. you know, um, you have all these things, and it's just the structures there, right. and, it, and it works so well. It's so effective. Yeah. Um, and then you you know you start kind of going, okay, I think I see where it's at in the Phantom Menace. Where is it in Attack of the Clones? And I just I love that about the prequels because it, it's not that it. I don't want this to sound negative. It makes you work a little bit more to figure it all out, which is it's not a, a bad thing. It's a fun mm-hmm. puzzle, yeah, and, and it's there. It's yeah. just it's just exceedingly, for me at least, it's enjoyable to play in that sandbox yeah. of the prequels with Campbell's, you know, um, hero's journey and right. trying to figure that out. Right. I love that. Well, kind of sticking with the prequels, Bex, um, jump in here when when we kind of look at some of the characters, and it won't have to simply make it about Phantom Menace, but you can. For all means, look at Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars animated series, Revenge of the Sith. What are some other moments where you really see this theme of atonement rear its head and and come full force, pun intended? I think uh, for me, and this may be a weird one, but it's the dichotomy and relationship between Maul and Obi-Wan. Mm. We are going through the Rebel series right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just got to the episode where, spoiler, <laughs> Maul dies for real. And <laughs> so we're led to believe. <laughs> so we're led to believe again. Um, but their, their relationship, I, it doesn't fit in the normal father son atonement relationship, but right. there is something about the relationship between Obi-Wan and Maul and the mm. pursuit they have of each other at different times through the story and um, the brokenness and the hatred, but also the respect that there is for mm. each other and their abilities. And it comes, I mean, the final, as we're led to believe, you know, the final moments is Obi Wan overcomes Darth Maul and kills him. And, um, but just that whole relationship and story was so fascinating for me to watch and see how it was taken from, um, you know, episode one in The Phantom Menace and then all the way through to the animated series in Rebels. And, you know, it met its end and culmination there. That was, a very fascinating arc for me. Yeah. I think that, you know, there, there is something about that rivalry aspect about the relationship. And certainly with that last scene in, in rebels, we, we see who, who I think so many would assume that Obi-Wan by all intents and purposes is to a varying degree, a very um, sympathetic figure. Also, mm-hmm. um, a, a figure that um, has a lot of tragedy in his life. Mm-hmm. A lot of it due at the hands of Maul, right? Yeah. And yet mm-hmm. we see him at this this last final few breaths that Maul takes with so much compassion and empathy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. He is a Jedi master. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Truly. Oh, yeah. Well, there was, I mean, there was no joy in defeating his enemy. It was, he was in pain yeah yeah for having to do what he did and yeah i don't know i think that's part of the whole atonement i mean obviously there was no reconciliation he he overcame maul and the threat of maul but there was this 
I don't know. In the last few breaths, it did kind of seem like there was a reconciliation because they both realized who the other one was to them. Yeah. And what, I mean, they were the opposites of each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there was definitely peace in that, in that last moment between them, which is, says Mm -hmm. a lot. And and it says a lot about both, but it says a lot about Obi-Wan and just his journey, you know, from where he was. Oh yeah. You know who I, who jumps out at me that I find really interesting when I start applying this. Mm -hmm. um, And I haven't fleshed it out in my mind. Uh, but it's Yoda mm. and, and looking, well, where is it for mm. Yoda where like, he's kind of reaching this like major barrier, this dark place. Yeah. Um, I'm real curious what that is. Yeah. You know, I, I obviously okay. start thinking about, well, you know, if we're, if we're considering the atonement kind of like this, this really big confrontation, um, you know, dark moment that you overcome and, right. you know, is it revenge of the Sith fighting Palpatine? Hmm. Um, you know, is that where that, is that where that happens? I I, I don't know. I I think there's elements sprinkled into that moment. Uh, but Yoda really Mm -hmm. fascinates me because we, we know that he's sort of piecing it all together throughout episode two right? into episode three, Mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, you know, it just seems like that, that, that's a fun place to kind of play around in, in his story. Yeah. But then you have to ask the question, well, is there more going on for him as he trains Luke, is that more atonement? Right. Because he's, he, there is, I think you can make a very strong argument that the Jedi failed. They failed their Padawans. They failed, they failed, they failed. And is there an atonement going on for Yoda? Kind of a macro view. Is there this atonement moment um, as he trains Luke? I think so. You right? know where I mean, he's part of the exiling yeah, is yeah. atoning, right? He is. Yeah. And, and I find mm-hmm. that fascinating for Yoda. I mean, obviously his age, you, you know, it might be just a drop in the bucket for him. Right. But like, it's a long stretch of his story that we've seen right. where he's in atonement. Right. Uh, and I find that yeah. really fascinating. And I think that, that, that when you start to think about Campbell's work and the influence he's had on storytelling, one of the, aspects I think makes it so brilliant is that it's so malleable. Mm. Like you can like yeah. mm-hmm. form it in different ways and use little bits here and there. Right. And like, it's still effective if you're playing with it, yeah. but you can, you don't have to use a ton. You don't have to be literal with everything. Yeah. You exactly. can use elements and it, it yeah. what, what's fun about star Wars is it works with so many different characters. Right. Like you could say, well, I'm going to pick Han Solo yeah. and follow him through. I'm going to pick yeah. Yoda and follow right. him through. And it, it and for many cases, it really works. So I'd be curious. So Jeremy, based on, on your insight there, would you say then when Vader is defeated, mm-hmm. that it's not just, it's not just redemption for Vader, but is it also redemption for Yoda? When, when Vader is defeated, when in return <laughs> of the Jedi. Okay. When he's yeah. defeated. in return So of Jedi. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when, when the helmet is pulled off, right. Yes, and, yes. and we, we see Anakin Skywalker yeah. like that. It's natural to think like, Oh, redemption. Yeah. Anakin's yeah. back. Yay. Yeah. And I'm not going to push back against that. But yeah. if we follow what you just said, like if, if Yoda is, is exiling himself. Yes. And training Luke out of an atonement to, to <laughs> gain yeah. forgiveness for his we'll yeah. loosely yeah. label it sins. Right. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. is he redeemed at the same moment? I I think, I think that's, uh, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, 
at the beginning of the episode, I, I really love that Beck said reconciliation. Yeah. Who appears to Luke at the end of Return of the Jedi? Right. It's this ultimate reconciliation between Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Yoda. Yeah. And they appear there yeah. together yeah. to Luke. Yeah. So I definitely think there is this redemption, atonement, reconciliation kind of fulfilled in that yeah. moment. And, yeah. and I think it's really kind of beautiful and clear um, right. and, and kind of exciting. Like, oh, look what. Look what George did. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Like, look what he did here. It's really cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. And I'm obligated to throw in my sarcastic comment about it being um, Hayden Christensen, not Sebastian <laughs> Shaw. But, <laughs> of course. Going to ride course. that horse? Yes, you are. As <laughs> long Giddy as it'll up. take me. Um, all right, so let's cast a light on the sequel trilogy because I yeah. think similar to what you said in regards to the prequels, like you've got to kind of think a little bit more maybe and again not a bad thing but it's certainly maybe not as well signposted as it is in the original trilogy and so mm -hmm. jeremy for you is there a particular let's put ray off to the side right now just because we're going to play in the sandbox for a while so let's yeah, put ray off to the yeah, side yeah. where do you most resonate with where you see as far as atonement within the sequel trilogy i i find poe and finn to be really interesting mm. And, and and specifically, I'm going to kind of like jump on the Poe bad bandwagon here yeah. and, and just say, I think his story in The Last Jedi is interesting and you can kind of see some of that going mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Um, that idea of atonement. Yeah. He has to reconcile in some ways with, um, you know, Leia. Mm -hmm. uh, he has to have yeah. a reconciliation with himself. And, you know, Devin, earlier in the episode, you were talking about just like, well, it might have to come from without. Yeah. Like, it's not within yourself that you... Right save yourself right. or, or find a peace or wholeness or fullness or whatever you want to call that. It, it seemed to have come from Leia mm. at the end of the last Jedi that, that he was having a real struggle yeah. and he kind of ran into this kind of abyss, uh, you know, moment where he right. was utterly failing. Yeah. And, you know, he kind of comes to this realization of what a leader is. Uh, there's this atonement moment yeah. for Poe in the last Jedi and he sort of has that happening in the in in the rise of Skywalker, but but for me, kind of the spotlight is on that moment, mm. you know, on crate where yeah. Leia kind of like you know well, you heard him like yeah. go right, you know there's right. that moment of like reconciliation there yeah. I really liked yeah so. I like that yeah Bex how about you when we look at some of the sequel trilogy characters and and moments what what stands out for you and speaks to you the most. Well, I have two scenes and they're with the same characters. And I think it is both parts of the atonement with the father and it's Han Solo and Kylo Ren mm. in the force awakens when they're on that bridge and Kylo kills Han Solo. He literally overcomes his father. He, mm. he killed him. Um, and it's, it's kind of the reverse role in um, the Rise of Skywalker, where we then have the reconciliation of Han with Ben mm. and not Kylo. Mm. And it's that reverse role that Luke and Vader in Return of the Jedi, where Luke had to reach through who Vader was to get to his father. Han, with the help of Leia, reached through that Kylo Ren veneer to Ben and was reconciled to his son. Mm. Um, those are... Yeah, those are two big ones for me. And I love how we get the duality of both the overcoming and the beating of the father and then the reconciliation with it within these two characters. Mm. 
really, really well done, Bex. I love how you unpack that. And I think that, you know, I'm in agreement with that. I, I think that, you know, one of the things that so many people were hoping to see, and I think so many people got to see was this moment with Kylo Ren or Ben finding redemption and, and reconciling with the actions of, of his past. Do you think Bex, like when, when we have that moment, do you feel that the character was reconciled with just Han or was there also through the force or however you want to phrase it, reconciliation with Leia as well? I definitely think there was reconciliation with Leia. I don't think the reconciliation with Han could have happened without Leia being the force, Mm. pun intended, behind it. Um, I really think that was her last act of love. And Mm. in her way, it was being reconciled to her son, but also to her husband, who there was never clear reconciliation with Mm. um, in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, So I think it was, it was for the three of them in the rise of Skywalker. It was definitely the atonement and the bringing back together and making whole this family unit that we've Mm. followed for so many years. I like that. Jeremy, let me come back to you because you mentioned Poe on crate. Yeah. In in kind of the the final act there does. I'm so hesitant to even ask this because sure, this is sure. a this is a hot button for a lot of people. So, uh, but I'm but I'm gonna grenade. yeah I'm I'm gonna lob it in there. Does Luke Skywalker find reconciliation on the sands of crate mm. or the salt of crate? Excuse me. Ooh. Yeah, and, and Luke's interesting because he has this kind of like you know he has the hero's journey kind of twice. Right. 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 You have the the mm-hmm. original trilogy and then right. you have. Uh, the sequel trilogy, I would think you can make that argument, yeah. you know, that, that there is sort of this, um, you know, you have to have this confrontation in the atonement part of the structure. Right. Uh, and it's, it's odd. It's the, his confrontation. Yes. It's, there's things going on with Kylo, Yeah, but it's almost like he's, his confrontations with himself. Right. Exactly. You know? and, yes. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and this might be kind of when you talk about like throwing the grenade in there, uh, not to upset people, but I think what makes this one interesting is we've been talking about, it comes from without, it comes from without, but for Luke and last Jedi, right. He's sort of like, it's himself that he's right. saving. Like right. he's recorrecting, who he knows he should be as a Jedi. Right. Like he's a course correction, mm-hmm. I guess it would be a good way to say it. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think it, there's this really strong sense that Luke is atoning for his own mistakes that he's made. Mm. And it's almost like he's forgiving himself in an odd way. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. and there's also a letting go, just like he let go of the lightsaber, then a return of the Jedi. He lets go, he lets go at the end of the, of the last Jedi. And yeah. that's really a fascinating thing that Ryan Johnson was trying to pull off there. Um, really unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm with you with that. I think that that is what I think was attempted to do. And again, some people absolutely enjoyed it and some people didn't. And some sure, people are probably sure. going to change whatever they felt about <laughs> first viewing and yeah. what they feel in subsequent years. But I think that, that is something, right? We have this one character who is either on a, a second hero's journey or this elongated hero's journey. Yeah. And and that's part of this mm-hmm. hero's journey. It, it It is not necessarily this linear thing. It, it's much more cyclical than we sometimes want to think yeah, about, right? Yeah, that it that yeah. has repetitive themes and that might go through 
some of these steps more than one time. Sure, sure. I, I think that that is an interesting thing to kind of begin to wrap our minds around, though. We we have, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, again, Luke Skywalker, the, the the primary hero of this story, and having to reconcile not necessarily to anyone else, but within himself, mm-hmm. or reconcile himself with the Force. Maybe that's yeah. another way to, to look at it. Yeah, yeah. No, maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe it is... You know, we're going back and wrestling with those ideas of like, well, is it without that this happens? Right. You know, because the atonement is with the father, right? right? It's with this other. So maybe Luke right. is atoning with the force itself. Right. Because if you go back, a little light bulb moment for me, I got a little yeah. excited. But like when you go back, it's like, <laughs> you know, he is ignoring the force. He's right. cut himself off from the force. Right. He's he's denying it. Mm-hmm. Right. And the culmination of The Last Jedi is sort of this moment where he is allowing it back in yeah and, and there is this atonement with the force going yeah. on which is fascinating to think about yeah. well especially yeah if you, you add the fact that he fought so hard and bex this is where you did such a great job earlier talking about you know he he, he saw anakin he didn't see vader and in in doing that like he was really trying to reconcile anakin with the force mm-hmm. right yeah. which yeah. is why mm-hmm. we get shot of Anakin in, in ghost form, spirit yeah. form, force yeah. form yeah. at the end of Return of the Jedi. So I think there might be something there. I, I could be totally off, but I, I think that there might be something there. I, I'm curious, and let's talk a little bit about Ray. And and Jeremy, you know, I'm unabashedly a Ray fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, when it comes to that character, I, I think some things maybe could have been different, better, sure, however sure. you want to label them. But But I think ultimately we get a really good insight into this hero's journey throughout her story. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. do you see most prominently this concept of either overcoming or reconciliation with this atonement? Thing? Yeah. I, I think there is a moment in the force awakens where she calls a lightsaber to herself. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be this big confrontation, dark moment. Han has just died. You're at the, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's the hilltop moment yeah. of, of the story, um, and the I, I love how there's a, a website called WeScreenplay.com, and mm-hmm. they they kind of have a little like article on like how do you summarize the hero's journey well? Yeah, and it, it's interesting. In one part, of the, they said you know um, the protagonist in the atonement with the father of the abyss they must confront what it is that's holding them back from achieving their complete character development. Mm. And it mm. seems like for Ray in that moment in, in the force awakens where she calls a lightsaber to herself, there's this, there's this uh, confrontation on, on what's holding her back. And yeah. I think we see that kind of circular like pattern of the hero's journey throughout the three films mm-hmm. with Ray. Right, right. But that first one, I think, Film-wise, it's just such a wonderfully dramatic moment. Yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite uh-huh. moments where she calls a lightsaber to herself. Right. Uh, or you could even make a, a case that a lightsaber goes to her. Right. Um, and you know, there, I think there's something there where there's this atonement going on, where there's this like overcoming the obstacle, uh, fulfilling who you're meant to be. Yeah. And of course that repeats itself yeah. in the last Jedi and then repeats itself again in the rise of Skywalker. Right. But, but that first one for me really jumped off the screen. It was something that I, I identified as, Oh, this is sort of that moment in the hero's journey. Right. You know, I, I love that. I, I would say that I would say yes to that and add it that that is so intertwined into what, 
um, Campbell describes as that belly of the beast, which it seems like it's that moment in the basement of Maza's castle, yeah, right? When yeah. the chest comes open mm-hmm. and, sure. and she has yeah. this, this opportunity to walk away from the hero's journey, yeah. but this is also in the belly of the beast. So once yeah. again, showing that these steps don't all have to come in a very exactly. linear fashion, but exactly. I, mm-hmm. I'm with you. That moment for me is still like, I can just think about that and still get the chills when, when that goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Bex, for you, what are some things that we see within Ray's journey that really bring this motif to life? Uh, well, just how we were talking about with Luke and The Last Jedi and how his reconciliation was with the Force. Mm-hmm. I see that with Ray at the end of The Rise of Skywalker when she is lying on the ground and she's whispering, be with me, mm-hmm. be with me. And she's calling the Force to her mm-hmm. to... Um, because she was struggling and she was going to give in to Palpatine. You could see it. He was tempting her and drawing her and trying to make her feel like she had worth. Mm-hmm. And she was searching for that worth and was trying to, you know, fight his draw and still remain true to what she had learned. And I think that scene in particular where she's laying there and she's just, she's so broken mm. and so uh, just, If if you could have a picture of what it means to be weary of soul, I feel like Mm. that is where she's at, just Mm. laying there on the ground. She is weary in her soul and she's laying there and just, it's her cry for help and it's her cry um, to not be alone and to know who she is. And so for me, that just be with me, be with me. And then you hear the voices of the Jedi who have gone before her Mm. and I feel like that is her atonement moment. That is where she finds that reconciliation of who she knows she is um, within herself and within the force and within the whole Jedi sphere. She learns this is who I am mm. and she's rec- and that's where she's reconciled to it. Yeah. So good. And I love how that line plays so well when we hear her first use that line the first time we see her within episode yeah. nine, right? Yeah. When she's meditating mm-hmm. in the forest. I think one of the things that I'm, I'm really picking up on here and, and it's, well, I'm not picking up on it for the first time, but that like it's becoming ever clear to me that, you know, we, we have these moments of reconciliation with these characters and that has got to be one of the things that we love so much about star Wars. Like you can say what you want about any particular movie or, um, plot device or whatever else. But I think that that is one of the things mm-hmm. that, that calls to viewers and fans that yeah. we absolutely need this. And, you know, we've tried like so many people before I've tried to find like, what is star Wars? Define it for me. And mm-hmm. that's super hard to do. Sure. It's not sure. a Western. It's not a samurai film, but it is a Western and a samurai film. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's, it's not about, the metaphysical, but it is about the metaphysical Mm -hmm. and it's not about spaceships, but it is about spaceships. But I think, (laughs) I think one of the things that, you know, beyond spaceships and samurai battles and all this, this thing of reconciling and overcoming speaks to the inner core of who we are as humans. Right. We want these things to happen in our own life. Right. I think we long for it. Yeah. We long to be at peace with others. Right. Uh, if there's wrongs yeah. that have been done, we we long to fix them. Right. Uh, at least I hope we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I think a lot of our life is spent uh, considering how to do those things. Right. Well, how do I make this right again? Right. Like, or, or 
you know, like how do I overcome this incredible obstacle to right. be who yeah. I want to be? Um, right. Or how do I um, overcome, you know, this specific situation or person that has done nothing but harm me, you yeah. know, and how do I, I defeat that? How do I overcome that? And I think for a lot of people, when they see those moments, I don't think as we watch Star Wars, we're like, oh, this is the, uh, this is the atonement moment, you know, <laughs> at least not, not you know? allowed. Yeah. Or not allowed. I think, uh, I think it's just something like deep in us that yeah. we're just like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I get it. I identify right. with this. I've had moments like this. <laughs> Um, uh, I, you know, maybe we do go, well, this is it, you know, but, um, I, you know, I don't, I, I, that's what I think is so fun about star Wars yeah. is that you can sit there and watch it and it's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and then you can sit there and watch it and go, Oh, Hmm. That, that really resonated with me. Why am totally. I emotional? Well, and I think that you know? that's one of the things yeah. I am an absolutely, um, self-professed lover of rogue one. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, sure. mm-hmm. that film is, is, got so many arrows pointing towards like reconciliation yes overcoming and i think oh. that that's you know i can't wait to see what we get with cassian and or series totally. because totally we know ultimately he has that moment of reconciliation <laughs> yes, right yes yes um yeah I, I will even i'll even say this now listen dear listener um <laughs> if you've been with us for a while and uh, you're driving right now or maybe operating heavy machinery or um, on a treadmill, I, I, I want to, here's, here's just a little bit of a, of a heads up. Okay. You might want to pull over to the side or put the, put the, the, the treadmill on a, on a slower pace, because I'm about to say something that I never thought that I would ever say. Oh, here we go. I think, I think Jeremy and uh-huh. fun Auntie Bex that for me personally, uh-huh. The rise of Skywalker gave me a C3PO reconciliation moment. Whoa! I, what? I, I I think so. I I think when I am shocked. I think when Goldenrod, the professor, um, you know, was able to <laughs> decipher the the Sith text, um, I myself had just a little bit, a little bit now mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of reconciliation and overcoming my own bias. Wow. Against that yeah. Um. Now listen, I'm not ready to um and go all Stan Anthony Daniels or anything, but um, I, I, I think I had a little moment there. Well, yeah. you know, it, wow. C-3PO has been holding you back for a long time there, Devin. 42 years! <laughs> now you could uh, achieve your complete character development. I, Congratulations. I, I, I'm kind of like Maul in that scene with Obi-Wan. I just, uh, I'm just exasperating my last breath. And, oh, my goodness. And yeah. I know. I know. Okay. That was, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the climactic moment of the pod there, Doug. Yeah, well, <laughs> 220 some episodes into this, our listeners are due. Um, so let me let me ask this. We didn't talk about this off air when we were kind of shooting ideas around with this this week's episode, but you know, we've got this fantastic series called The Mandalorian. We we know that yeah. season 3 is already kind of underway in the pre-production phase. And in some ways, it's too hard to speculate because we don't have yeah. the entire story before sure, us. Sure. But at some point, the lead character made the decision to reconcile with the lifestyle that he was living up to that point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, Bex, from your perspective, do you think that we are going to see this continue through seasons two and seasons three where we have this 
reconciling and overcoming a, a what we're guessing is a previous way of life. We don't have a whole lot of insight into the Mandalorian's background at this point. Or, or do you think that, oh, actually, like, that moment has happened and we're on to other themes and motifs within the hero's journey with the Mandalorian? I think it will be yes and. Oh, okay. I think I think we're going to... I I think there will be moments mm. where we will see little glimpses of reconciliation and coming to terms and grips with what he has chosen, especially now that he has the child as mm-hmm. his ward. Um, yeah. And I, so I think we'll start to see... I'm, I'm hoping we'll start to see more glimpse into who the Mandalorian actually is. Mm. Um, but I think, I don't think it's going to be clear cut for us. I think we're going to have to look for it and dig for it in the midst of whatever new adventure he is on mm. for that episode. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there will be little tiny arcs of it here and there, but I don't think it will be laid out nice and clean and easy for us. Yeah, that, it's interesting, isn't it, how the Mandalorians played? Because it's like, if we if we're looking at this kind of atonement with the Father, the Abyss, yeah, it's almost like the Mandalorian just keeps repeat. Like it's just right. like little little steps, almost right. like baby steps. Because right. you have like, mm-hmm. you know, you have Episode Two with the Mudhorn, yeah, um, and mm-hmm. you have that little moment right. where there's some some of that going on. Episode Three, obviously, where he goes to yeah. like you know, start the ship and the, the, the ball at the top of the gear is gone. Yeah. He has that moment and <laughs> yeah. he's like, like this atonement moment right. where he's like, I'm going to go get him. Yeah. Uh, but you, mm-hmm. ha- it's almost like the way it, it's reading the, this film text is reading for me with the Mandalorian is it's almost like he's, it's this holistic atonement going right. on for him. Right. And, and I think yeah. Bex is right. There's all these like little moments. Oh, he needs to atone with this person. Right. He needs to. atone. Mm-hmm. So I think there is some atonement with, with baby Yoda. Yeah. Right. Like where he's, he's truly like, there's a reconciliation of who he is going to be. Right. With this, with the child and, right. and the child with him. Like right. they mm-hmm. are, they are one that's given. Right. right. That's there is, his signet is that, you know, right. Um, it, it signifies that. And, and so I, I think, but, but he has all these other relationships, all these other yeah. things. We don't know what, what all is going to play out. Right. Uh, there's probably more to the story than we realize. And so I, I think there, what's interesting about that is there might be these, these continual little moments of atonement facing the, the, mm-hmm. this facing right. the, you know, and, and, in some ways, all the episodes have sort of done that. Right. Has its own little hero's journey structure within the episode. Right. It's fascinating. Well, and I think like that brings up even more questions, right? Like to sure. what extent do we need to know his background in order yeah. to fully understand the nuances of, of his journey? And yeah. I, we obviously, maybe we get an answer to that in season two or three. Maybe sure. we don't. I don't sure. know. Yeah. But I, I think that that character is mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think he's played brilliantly by Pedro Pascal and the, yeah. the two or three other stunt guys that are yeah, in there, depending yeah. on what the scene is. Yeah. I, I am so curious though, when it comes to that character, we assume that he's done some pretty gnarly stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh-huh. and so it'd just be kind of interesting to know what is he trying to atone for specifically? Yes. I don't know yes. if we'll get that or not, but I, I would, I would imagine some more will come out. And, I would hope and, so. And I, you know, it's a given, I think. And I, and maybe even, 
the child's going to have to figure some stuff out. That would be fascinating. You know, just kind of like some, some reconciliation yeah. atonement for the child. Yeah. Uh, that would be a really yeah. cha- big challenge, but I mean, they can do it. Uh, yeah, you you look at the casting rumors and you know yes. the potential Ahsoka, yeah. potential Boba Fett, right. potential maybe right. not. Right. You know, we just don't know. Uh, man, I'm really interesting how all that will play in his story, the Mandalorian story, moving forward. Yes. I, I think there's so much there, and I I think we're, I think we already know we have something special on our hands. Yeah, but we're at the beginning of mm-hmm. a journey. Yes, and I'm really excited to see how the journey plays out. Even just thinking about hero's journey but just just the story itself and how it will impact star wars as a whole well and that's the other thing right yeah. it's an entirely different series is the connective tissue between these streaming things yes including animation and and what we know as the galaxy from the cinematic universe so yeah yeah i i, I think mm-hmm. that as we see more titles on disney plus mm-hmm. and let's hope can we just hope that whatever star wars series we get has more Dave Filoni-esque episodes where they're breaking down yeah. kind of the thought process behind yeah. the the themes and the motifs that are at play there. Because yeah. I think that, you know, that's one of the things that for me brings so much more appreciation when I'm getting, getting the head of the director or the writer or mm-hmm. whomever else going, yeah. oh, wow, yeah. I hadn't even looked at things through that, yeah. that lens before. And yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, it really is. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, let's um, take a quick break and come back and wrap things up right after this. Stick around, Tauntauns. We're not done yet. What did you say? As long as everybody behaves, this will be quick and painless. I want more. Oh, I'll give you more Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> oh my goodness. Listen, this has been such a a fun, fun series to go through. I hope, dear listeners, that you guys are enjoying it. I hope you guys are highlighting and dog-earing pages and underlining and making all kinds of connections for yourself. We've had an absolute blast to do this. Next week, we're actually featuring a great friend of the pod, Dave Hackerson. We're going to break down something called apotheosis. Yeah. Apotheosis, Jeremy. It's apotheosis. Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm going to go out on a limb, too, and just recommend that um, soon-to-be parents exploring baby names, apotheosis, not a bad name to consider. Well, especially in this time, right? Yeah, your, 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 biggest, yeah, right? your, your biggest challenge will be um, probably finding one of those little personalized license plates or pencils at gas stations and stuff for souvenirs, but yeah. not a whole lot of apotheosis <laughs> license plates for Darn your bicycle it. out there. <laughs> hey, anyway, we are glad that you joined us for this episode, and we hope that you will continue to join us. Of course... We'd be remiss in our duties if we didn't think those folks that make this little pod chug along. We want to thank our patrons, David Anderson, Brandon Boylan, Jim Capron, Derek DuVernay, Dave Hackerson, Michelle Grandine, Chris Letty, Steve Long, Neil Lowry, Kyrosell, Regina Sanders, Connie Shee, Aaron Sinner, Skip Skipton, Krista Smolensky, Franklin Taylor, Rick Villanueva, Michael Ward, and the always fabulous Amy Wishman. Amy, I want your direct feedback about my comments on C3PO today. I'll expect a DM um, checking in on me and my mental state. It could it could just be the quarantine, Jeremy. I'm not going to lie. It could just be this shelter in place thing that's got me singing songs of praise for C3PO. Maybe. I need to get out. Jailbreak. Oh, my goodness. All right, my little tauntauns. That's going to do for this episode. The circle is now complete. 
We'll see you next time in the digital docking bay. And until then, may the force be with you. Unmistakably Star Wars is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. This podcast is a production of Beheard Studios. To learn more about Beheard Studios and its shows, as well as opportunities for those looking to begin a podcast, visit us online at beheardstudios.com. Beheard Studios, creators of diverse listening experiences.